the Game Off Podcast number 29. I'm your host, Andrew, a.k.a. Solitalker, with my co-host here, Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia. We got a great lineup of games today, two of them, to be exact. Uh, totally Reliable Delivery Service and Doom Eternal. We're also going to be having our fireside chat about something, and we're also going to talk <laughs> about games we've been playing, because there's still no news, because uh, wow. the world's shut down. Yeah, the, the world ended, so it's not really a surprise, so... Hope you guys like hearing about Persona. So, <laughs> is that that's going to be your news? Your what you're playing? Fireside chat's going to be hey, Brent, how's Persona going? <laughs> news, Persona's great. Game I'm playing, <laughs> still Persona after three weeks. <laughs> Twenty minutes of how totally reliable delivery service reminds you of Persona. <laughs> I wish it did. No spoilers. <laughs> well, so, what have you on. been playing lately? Persona. Persona. And Dota. And Dota, and mostly Persona. I've gotten like almost 100 hours in that game. Um, well, I guess I should qualify it. It's Persona 5 Royal. It's the the re-release of Persona 5 that came out uh, on April 1st, 2020. It's quite fucking good. It's, there's a lot to it. I could easily do a showcase on it if it qualified, but unfortunately it's just a super version of a game that already came out. But yeah, God, I, I play it all night long it's got um great anime girls it's got dungeons it's got pokemon but uglier um (laughs) i don't know how else to sell it you gotta play this game boys is this uh is this the second time you're going through because you'd played through persona 5 on its own right well funny story i i've managed to like fuck up my playthrough the first time in persona 5 and the first palace so I really only got like 10 hours into it, um, and I just never, I never got around to it. I was sort of, after a while, I had put it off, and then the PlayStation Plus came out, or PS4 Pro, sorry, and I was like, well, I assume they're going to patch this game, because it's one of the most popular games on the console, and they never did. And then eventually they announced this version, and I just waited for this. Hmm. Okay, that's a, all in all a fairly sensible approach. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. What have you been playing, Andy? Uh, I've been jumping back and forth between uh, a little game you may have heard of called Downwell, which definitely isn't a game I'm still playing five years later. <laughs> yeah, you got that for... It just came out on Switch, is that right? Uh, it was just on sale on Switch for oh, like a okay. buck fifty, and I got... Oh, God, an embarrassing amount of time in the in Downwell on PC. I, th- I want to say it was something like 70 hours. What? I played on, this on game. PC. Where? Where? How? I, it, oh, I'm so bad at it, is the thing. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm just so just bad at it. But also, I really level. like it. Yeah. It, <laughs> I still haven't actually beaten it. The boss. Oh, my, oh my Or God. unlocked New Game Plus. So, like, it, I, I'm really bad at this game, but... I really like it, so I put it that, and I probably put easily another 15 hours on Switch, because um, I've got the the, sw- the flip controllers, so I can play it in portrait mode, and that's yeah. just great. Can, I, can I, you just describe that for people if they've never seen one of the flip controllers? Because it was one of the first times I'd seen it when you showed it to me the other day. So it's, um, if you kind of imagine, like, you stood your Switch up in portrait mode, you know, on its side, and then you found a way to just attach the Joy-Cons to the bottom of it, so you could hold it almost like a switch where the screen was put in at a 90 degree angle 
And it's just, you know, it's pointed straight up and you got things on the side. And you can play, there's some games, the only ones I know of are Downwell and some shmups like Ikaruga that got ported over that are playable <laughs> in portrait mode. There aren't a ton of games that I think that make sense to play in that mode that aren't old arcade games or shmups. So yeah, I don't fair. know how many else are out there. Um, I have it in exclusively for Downwell. So <laughs> as far as very... Uh, you know, add that to my list of peripherals that I owned for just one game, like the Arkanoid controller for the NES. Just put that in that bucket. <laughs> and uh, I've also been playing a game called Hypercharge Unboxed. Uh, I've not even heard of this. Really? Yeah, it, it is a. It's an early access. I think it's going live, live full version next week. Uh, so this will actually probably be out by the time it's out. It's on okay. Steam, and I think it's getting ported to Switch. It is like a first-person tower defense, but it's like first-person tower defense meets Small Soldiers. Remember Small Soldiers? Uh, the the movie? The movie, yeah. Everyone's yeah. favorite. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite movie about toys that come to life. Small Soldiers. Uh, no, it, it, I thought Indians in the cupboard was Indian in the cupboard, right? Indian yes. in the cupboard. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, violent toys that come to life. <laughs> small soldiers. Okay. okay. The the idea is you're protect. You know, it's a standard first person FPS or first person um, tower defense where you're protecting the little node and th- waves come in and try to attack it. Mm. You build defenses and walls and turrets and all that. But it's set in the, the almost like the old levels that you'd play in Counter Strike or Quake or Unreal of like a huge bedroom and you're four inches tall. <laughs> So they're set like in a in an aisle of a toy store, and you're jumping multiple times to get onto the shelves to climb up on top of displays to get pick up weapons and pickups. Or you're in like the bathroom, and one of the nodes that you're protecting is in the bathtub. The other is on top of the sink. The other is on top of the toilet. And you're effectively four inches tall. Hmm. That, that's and pretty cool. Everything that's that's coming in to fight you is also like. Other little robot things, fucking Beyblades. <laughs> Beyblades. <laughs> like literally just Beyblades. And they explode like Beyblades do, where you know, it's all in the, the ring and the outer ring and everything pop out. Oh. And uh, all the defenses you build are made out of Lego, or they look like little Nerf turrets. Can you use it's... like tubes of pogs as walls? So far, and I've, I've only probably put about four hours into it. Um, so far, I've seen little snap together castle walls, which I think were like a Fisher Price toy. Legos, little Nerf turrets. Um, Are any of these licensed? No, no, but they're okay. they're you know wild. extremely similar, and they've yeah. they've done a very good job. Like the level of detail that they've put into these things, where you're in the toy store and it's not four different modeled toy boxes that are over and over again. There's like twenty or thirty different toy boxes modeled in the yeah. store, with That's full packaging and everything to look like toys did and uh, at the time it's it's a lot of fun I would, rec- I would recommend it i think it's a team of five guys that made it um yeah. they made it you may have seen the their previous thing it was a it was like a first person arcade experience like actually walking around an arcade as a front end for emulators oh, in vr dope. oh that, that'd just be like a cool programming exercise actually and I think I think that's what it started off as, but you could you can buy it on Steam and just set up all your emulators, and then you set up all the cabinets in your virtual arcade so you can walk up to them and play them. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> really neat idea. So it, yeah. 
Got some guys with uh, with good ideas. Uh, so I definitely recommend that Hypercharge awesome. Unboxed. That that theme of uh, tiny shrunken things is sort of making a resurgence. That uh, Obsidian Zoo game, Grounded, is a lot like that. I think it's probably a more outdoors experience, and I think it's more survival? I don't know too much about that, but it's basically like tiny people running through the outdoors trying not to get killed by ants from what I could tell, like in the movie Ants. Yeah, I was kind of thinking uh, in my mind I went right to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I, if there's going to be another piece of entertainment that makes me cry over the death of an ant, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not I'm not here for it. I can't do it again. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that movie because Rick Moranis has sued me like eight times, but yes, that's what I was thinking about too. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, that game sounds funny. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you considering doing it for a showcase in the future? Probably not. Right. I I don't think there's enough to it, because it is just a first-person tower defense. Otherwise, like it's a, yeah. a very visually interesting as far as the, you know, the setting and all the other stuff, but I don't know what else more I'd say about it. Like, it's a really cool game. Go check it out. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah, well, check out both of the games we just said. Persona, if you have uh, 120 hours lying around, and uh, the Toy Box game. Well, shit, I already forgot what it was called. Uh, Hypercharge Unboxed, I think. Hypercharge Unboxed. It's, it's, I'll admit, it's not the best name. It's I not my favorite. I not remember that name. No. <laughs> write it down immediately after hearing it. It's Hypercharge Unboxed for there, everyone out there. there. Hypercharge there colon Unboxed. <laughs> is it time for a fireside chat? Are we are we by the fire? Alright, well, it feels like it. I am in Texas, so the, the earth is on fire. <laughs> hey, Andy. Hey, what? <laughs> Favorite gross food combo. Something you love that everyone gives you crazy eyes for eating. Okay. Hmm. So I know there's a lot of people who really hate mixing ketchup and mayonnaise, but I don't think that's, like, that's so mild of a gross food combo. Hmm. Like, I've known people who thought it was disgusting. Um, I really like, one of my favorite things that I used to eat growing up a lot was what my dad would call tuna noodle. Uh, and it's effectively, huh? it's effectively hot tuna salad mixed with egg noodles. That's How did it get just, hot? That's just the way he made it. it it's, you make a, a batch egg. of egg, egg noodles and what then... Do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean he made the tuna hot? Did he just stir it so much that, like, just energy expounded into it? <laughs> he had a heated mixing bowl, and he just put the tuna salad in there. What the no, fuck? He, he would make, he'd make a big batch of noodles, like of egg noodles, and then he'd take a couple cans of tuna and mix in some salt and some pepper, some mayonnaise, some red wine vinegar, and a little bit of, of uh, Parmesan cheese, and then just mix that in with the hot egg noodles. So it's, a, it's effectively like a hot tuna salad, a very yeah. lacking tuna salad. There's no, there's no <laughs> celery. There's nothing else in there. Yeah. And it's mixed with noodles. I, I guess, like, tuna helper was a thing. It's not, like, completely different from that, but no. it doesn't sound appetizing. Yeah, I've not found anyone else who likes it. Uh, I've tried <laughs> making it for people. My wife didn't like it. My son didn't even... He wouldn't try it. I tried... He, got, he had, like, a little, like... You know, little kids, like, touch it to the tip of their tongue. Yeah. Like, kiss it. And like, <laughs> yeah. Nah, no. This is yuck. Like, yeah. Why I... did you poison me, Dad? I trusted you. Can I have my peanut butter and fluff, please? 
Uh, the, the other one I, I've, I have that I've heard people not like is on top of pancakes, I put sour cream and hot blueberries. Uh, I mean, it, is it, sour cream bad on anything? It sounds weird, but... It, but it's also, like, it's fine, like, because people put sour cream on everything. Yeah. It's not like it's got a really offensive taste, and right. when, it, when it mixes with the, the, the warm syrup and everything, it just... It's, so I don't... I can't really think of any other... Here, you, you yeah. tell me your gross food combos, and maybe it'll inspire me. I... I can't think of many either. I, I get a lot of flack for just liking anchovies. So every time oh, we yeah. eat pizza, everyone's like, you eat those? And, you know, people call them like hairy eyebrow meats and all these different things. But, <laughs> you know, anchovy mushroom garlic pizza is one of the most refined things you can eat on this earth. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm telling you. Um, other than that, I don't know. I... I used to eat hot sauce sandwiches a lot, which is just bread and hot sauce. Um, okay. That might have been more because I was poor. It's yeah. Hard, hard to <laughs> that, say. That's a, that's a tough one to, to just... <laughs> I think back to kids I knew who would eat, like, a butter sandwich for lunch. And as a kid, I thought that was gross. But looking back on it... <laughs> they, were, like, they were wearing, like, a Ziploc bag for a shoe. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. There's a joke in an episode of King of the Hill where Bobby says that the school's not allowed to do superlatives in the yearbook anymore because last year's <laughs> worst stress just ended up being poor. <laughs> and so not like that joke when I first heard it, that just it broke my ability to judge people in that way because like, oh no, that he could he could just have horrible taste in sandwiches, or <laughs> the more likely scenario, this is the best sandwich he's got. And that's and that's fine, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna judge. I did hear in uh, in a Discord for another podcast, the one that I'm not on, but uh, participated in. Someone <laughs> said that they dipped their Fritos into applesauce. Huh. That's that Fritos one's pushing are a it for strong me. flavor. They are. They're like somehow the most corn of corn chips. Yeah. Right. It's like eating corn. <laughs> I don't know how but they're more... stronger. There's more corn than like corn tortilla chips. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> App, what is the applesauce doing to the? It's just you just want to eat Fritos, but you also want to get nutrition. Yeah, I, I guess if you can call applesauce nutritional. And then I was thinking, like, is it is it chunky applesauce? Is it sweetened? Is it apple cinnamon? <sighs> there was too the, much. The cinnamon would be awful like it's so salty and corny <laughs> you add cinnamon to that mixture yuck all right that's that's actually that's the one i'm angry about and it's not yeah. even either of ours no it's just a thing i heard about someone claiming they did I, they could have just making it up i'm trying to think if i knew, <laughs> know anyone else who has really weird disgusting food combinations god i don't I, I can't think of anything yeah i guess we come from a a fairly fine stock of people <laughs> <laughs> where they're not like drinking relish and all this nonsense i i dated a girl in college whose roommate ate ranch dressing oh yeah what do you mean like with a spoon just with a spoon in a bowl or right in a, out of the just in a bowl just so with squirt, it out of the squirt a bit squirt a bit of uh she... hidden valley into a bowl oh. room temp and just ate it with a spoon. I so the process that bothers me there is like you feel dignified enough to take it out of the 
container of ranch, like, and put it into a like receptacle instead of just just drizzling it directly into your mouth at that point because you're disgusting garbage. <laughs> exactly. There's just something lean there. Into it. There's something about the fact that you're having it as a prepared meal that just that makes it worse. Because if you were just the, if you, I've I've been in that spot where you walk past the fridge and you're like, I just want to taste that. I want to have that flavor in my mouth, um, not ranch, but other things. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like geez. as a kid, as a kid, I would eat spoonfuls of Ovaltine, just a spoonful of dry Ovaltine. That's gross. All right, but yeah. I think it would have been different if I had actually sat down and scooped myself a bowl of dry Ovaltine, brought it over to the couch, <laughs> yeah. turned the TV on, and just ate spoonfuls <laughs> of dry Ovaltine. Yeah, it's like a whole other planet from like a sneaky squirt or something. <laughs> don't, Jesus. don't say sneaky. Edit it's out sneaky squirt. Sneaky. Edit that out. A, a, di- a diabolical squirty. Uh, I used to, I used to really like just drinking straight from those like little fresh lemon and lime bottles that look like lemons and limes. And really? Then, like, yeah, I, huh. I don't know why. That's and an interesting one. My teeth started hurting a lot after a while, and then. I, you know, and 15 years later, I found out it's terrible for your enamel, but you know, I, by that point, I'd stop. You're drinking basically pure citric acid? Yeah, exactly. Didn't do me any favors. I used to, as a kid, eat, um, I liked eating Oreos, but not the cookies. I would take, what? my mom had one of those, like, slap chop type things for chopping garlic or onions, and I'd put <laughs> Oreos in it, and then I would chop them up into basically, like, Oreos you'd put on ice cream. And then okay. the, and then eat that with a spoon. Uh, all, all right. So I don't know why. That was just what eight-year-old Andy thought was a good idea. You, you do really like cereal. Maybe it was just like a <laughs> like I can't eat cookies, but cereal's okay. And at the time, I hadn't processed the idea of cookies for breakfast. Is it in Cookie Crisp? <laughs> that was not an option for me at the time because I wasn't allowed to, you know, uh, sweet cereals. Oh god. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, it does. There's actually a lot there. There's a lot to unpack that we don't have time for. Yeah, yeah. Catch therapy off next week. <laughs> oh god. You you want to tell us about your game? Your, oh yeah. Your, uh, your totally reliable delivery service. Did it get right? Was that it? Yeah, to- totally yes. reliable delivery service, which I mixed up frequently with totally accurate battle simulator. Oh yeah. So fucking close in name. Um, this is the only game that I've had time to play that wasn't Persona and Dota. Um, so I spent, I spent, uh, probably about three hours playing this game. There's not much to it. I think an easy comparison is definitely Goat Simulator. You get dumped into an open world, uh, you get objectives, um... Actually, the... just to cut you off there, um, mm-hmm. because I, I want to clarify... When you say it's like Goat Simulator, are you saying that with all the baggage that Goat Simulator has? Or just mechanically? It, well, getting straight to the point, I, oh, I that, think yeah, maybe, it I don't comes with you more baggage than Goat Simulator. I think it's not like as fun and charming as Goat Simulator is, because like it finds fun in unique ways. Um, this game is like the same formula sort of over and over again in the, the whole, you know, janky physics open world. Um, but it's got 
it, it didn't really launch well, in my opinion. I couldn't find a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, but that's, it's, that's and yeah, not to ahead. completely derail you there. So yeah, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll frame it a little bit more, but then I'll give you my opinion. Uh, you've pretty much heard most of it at this point. Um, but yeah, you, you get dumped off. There's vehicles. Um, your objectives are literally to make deliveries. So you have these like delivery machines that you pull on. Um, I played it with a controller, so that means like both the triggers were both of your arms, and both of the bumpers were to raise your arms. And other than that, there's really no other controls. You can sprint and jump, and that's it. Um, but in, in you know while keeping Goat Simulator, which I think a lot of people have played at this point, as a frame of res reference, it's very much the leans into the janky physics uh, aspect of, you know, some popular games these days. So a lot of times you're picking up a package and you can't pick it up quite right and suddenly it's like behind you and then you have to drop it and turn around and then you have to pick it up and try and put it perfectly into a vehicle because you can't walk it over to the the, deli the delivery spot on time. Um, in, in Goat Simulator, you can get away with a lot of like the more frustrating parts of it because it's not like timed objectives or you don't have to use other objects for the most part. You're just like, you know, sticking your tongue on things and pulling things around and stupid shit like that. In this, there's like a, uh, an annoying amount of precision that's required. Um, like you have to pilot helicopters and boats and before that you have to get the items into the helicopters and the boats and Ew. all these other things it's it the the charm wears thin very quickly i will stop being negative for a minute and say that like there could be a really enjoyable game within this game if they sort of strip back a lot of what makes it frustrating because I think they thought a lot of what makes it frustrating would be funnier or, you know, uh. one of these things you pretty much have to play with other people or is made for Twitch streaming. And it may it may have legs on Twitch, but I don't think they're very long legs. Like, I guarantee people are still farm or streaming Goat Simulator these days. So I'm guessing that this is, it sounds like this is part of that wave of games like Goat Simulator, Overcooked, that Surgery 1 of where oh, yeah like heart surgeon yeah where the the part of the gameplay is just that it's it's input is difficult yes, and inaccurate yeah. yeah this this reminded me in difficulty it reminded me of manual samuel um oh manual where, samuel i forgot about that yeah where you have to control like literally every aspect of the dude and if if uh, like it just wasn't fun <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe it like you get in and you're like oh this sounds like quirky and hilarious and you try and do things and you're like this is taking way too long I'm gonna do something else that's you... pretty that's more along the lines of how I felt in this case did you play Octodad or Human Fall Flat yes I played Octodad not Human Fall Flat Octodad uh, I got behind for like a little bit and then i was like eh, it's not not for me but like i can see how people enjoy that game because there's like a, a somewhat curated experience in that right that's true in this it's much more 
open world like here here's the vehicle you have to use if you want to get there within the time frame um here's like the weirdly shaped package and if you can't get it into the boat like on your first try and the boat doesn't even have like a cargo bay or anything then you know you're fucked and like the whole challenge resets and the boat despawns and you fall into the water and you die it's like shit like that oh it sounds like fun uh how would you compare the package delivery mechanics in this and just the general feel of package delivery to another game with i've heard some wonky movement physics in package <laughs> delivery death stranding <laughs> you know one of, one of the things i did say felt good about death stranding is like the physics like they always made sense um sometimes they were a pain in the ass and sometimes like they were artificially stupid but it always like kind of felt good to be able to balance like all of these packages on your back and like be able to navigate up a cliffside with all the shit on um and in this game i don't i i never i was satisfied to be done with the challenge which is like just i think something all humans have inside them like hey i finished it hey i got a gold medal like nice Right. That was that was the only thing that was driving me in this game. Um, nothing was driving me in Death Stranding, to be fair. I <laughs> just wanted to get the packages delivered and see what the fuck sto- the story held afterwards. Um, but in this, it was like way more base, and nothing kept me going after I had like explored the whole map. So, if I'm looking for a game to to emulate the feeling of delivering packages in an enjoyable way you're saying death stranding is the better way for me to go between uh, between the two games you you're backing me into a corner here there must be a better way there I'm, must be. I'm trying to get you to compare this to death stranding and make an either or if i, I if i only could buy one i couldn't afford both which would be the obvious you know <laughs> resolution if i could get it but if i could only afford one do i want death stranding or totally accurate delivery simulator if you're so adamant about throwing your money away i would say buy totally reliable delivery service because it's much cheaper and then you still have 45 dollars left over to you know fuck off and buy pizza hut because yeah that because death stranding is never going down in price that's one of those games that's that's gonna be 60 dollars until you know ps7 yeah, yeah, it's like it's more of the Japanese business model, but it's it's very frustrating. Yeah, fucking uh, Mario Galaxy is still sixty bucks. Galaxy? Yeah. Odyssey? I saw. No, Galaxy. I saw Galaxy. What? What are you, what are you at, talking about? It's about I Gary saw Galaxy, Galaxy at Best Buy for sixty dollars, like before the quarantine. I was like, how? Huh? How is that still on sale? Uh, I was surprised they still had Wii games, honestly, but yeah. Oh, uh, to be fair, I, th- I think I sent you a picture of this. The last time I was in a Best Buy, they still had a PS Go display and a PSP display. <laughs> and there was like two things on the Aww. shelf. Oh. That uh, was so sad. Who's running that place? Yeah, I, I was it. expecting to turn a corner and find like an ooyah on the floor. It was just, <laughs> come on, guys. God. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> That's rich. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, the- um, no, go ahead. No, I've forgotten that. Uh, but... Now, when when you were talking about this initially, I, I you kept saying this game, and I kept confusing it with that game that Nintendo just made, where you clean a building. 
Uh, Luigi's Mansion? No, it's it's another, like, you go around... Uh, it, it almost looks like those little experiment designs from the Portal games, where you're one of the little people running around in kind of an isometric view. I don't think I know this game. Is it Nintendo Labo? No, it's Serial Cleaner. No, nope. oh. wait, that's not it. Wait, no, that's been out for a while. Yeah. Well, what the hell am I talking about then? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what game I'm, I'm confusing this with anymore. <laughs> Office cleaning game. Come on, somebody help me out here. Oh, um, good job Phone. is what it's good called. Job. I, I haven't heard of it at all. So it's isometric? It's a Nintendo published game. Interesting. Yeah. Who's the developer? Uh-huh. Yeah, they, sh- yeah. they they sure are. <laughs> Good job, them. It, they, you know, here's what I'm I'm gonna ask people. <laughs> this is and you know I'm about to make a really good suggestion because it starts with a you know. I would really appreciate it if companies would just kind of standardize on some post game name alphanumeric code. So that when you name your game something like Good Job or you name a movie like uh, like when you name something just a thing that's common parlance, I can still find what I'm looking for. Yeah. So like good job, and then in parentheses like D dash one eight six, or <laughs> oh okay that I can find. Not not just the the game. <laughs> okay, look, Copernicus. I don't have time to be typing all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I kept confusing this game with Good Job, which I heard was also fun. That's the long and short of what I was getting at here. Not not at all important. Back to your thing. It's open It's open world. Is it like a linear mission-based thing? Like, Are you just making random decisions about where to go and what to deliver? How does that actually play out? Uh, com- completely random. You, you find a box and sometimes it tells you if you've set a record on it and sometimes it doesn't. Um, so sometimes you just have to do the same mission over again. Nice. Um, but yeah, literally I would deliver a package and then I would take a turn and then there would be another box and I'd be like, guess I'm doing this one unless there was a helipad there. And I'm like, I'd rather eat shit right now than get in that helicopter with, (laughs) uh, you know, a gas barrel or whatever the fuck they gave me. I'm going to be honest with you. This doesn't sound like the best game as you described it. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it to you. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Maybe my 10-year-old stepbrother, he might enjoy it for a few hours. He might have a good cackle with his friends. Um, my my sense of humor may have evolved a little bit beyond the really, really janky, you know, haha. Like, oh, like there were, there were some mechanics. Like, the jump mechanic itself seemed inherently broken. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just doing math on which direction you're facing. So if you're near another surface and sideways, you will just jump sideways. And that caused me so much grief. (laughs) There were, like, three times where I just launched off the side of, like, a car and, like, straight into the the fucking ocean. I was like, what is happening? Like, the first time that happens, you laugh. And then after that, you're like, this is too janky. This sounds like an aggressively, like, like it, the game doesn't want you to enjoy it. Which I guess is that yeah. balance that you try to, that they're trying to hit with these kind of input is intentionally bad games. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, the camera. The camera, every time I would get into a helicopter, for some reason, would zoom straight up my ass, so I couldn't see anything. So I'd have to reset the camera location. <laughs> <laughs> what is I, I felt like I was bug testing this game. Like That was a big problem. Was this well-received? Did people like this? I don't know. I heard a, a decent amount of hullabaloo about it. Like, it got re- mentioned a bit in social media and stuff, so that's why I ended up playing it. But I didn't really read any of the reviews. Okay. Because, yeah, I only heard that it came out, and I, I assumed it was another game like this, or that one where you and a goat are in a shopping cart. Oh, Supermarket Shriek. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the the same type of game. Like it's it's funny for a minute, and then you just get frustrated by how bad the mechanics are. Yeah, I I tried to play Supermarket Shriek with a couple of people, and it just it, it probably helps to have a second person. If you're playing that single player like I did, uh, it's just it's just a nightmare. It, you know, and the thing was, it wasn't like I, I think you're right. I think that there's this is for a certain type of person and a certain age group or or mentality wallet as a group and I don't mean that in like an insulting way just no no just that mentality of like we want to have stupid fun right now we want to stupid laugh at things and I just wasn't there with that and I'm guessing that you were not there with this yeah no like I was in the mood for this type of game when I played it like I didn't begrudgingly boot this game up or anything I was like I want something light and stupid like just like stop playing Persona, play this for a little bit, go to play Dota. Like this is a nice, nice little uh, Oreo cream filling, but it turned out to be, you know, <laughs> rock flavored Oreos. I don't think I've, uh, I don't think I've seen that one on shelves yet. You know, well, <laughs> come that, down to Texas. That may be one of those pandemic special flavors. <laughs> is, is, oh, there's what do you got? Uh, I was gonna say there's day one DLC in this too. No. I I went in. I went into the store to confirm that the, the release date was the same as the game, and it sure was. Is it good, DLC? Oh, I didn't buy it. Are you uh, fucking crazy? I mean, but like, is it like cart armor DLC, or is it... What is it? It's like entire sections of the map, like islands in this area. So you're primarily on like one big hunk of island, and there's like one smaller island as part of it. But then there's like these two massive offshore islands that you just can't go to unless you buy this day one DLC. It's not that expensive, but it's still fucking gross. Yeah, no, that's that's a ballsy move that I can't get behind. Yeah. Like, the game wasn't free. It was like 15 bucks, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, it's... If it was free and then you're trying to bundle in like big DLCs, like, I get it. That's a business model. Sure. To sell this game for five dollars more, include the fucking DLC. Stop being fucking monsters, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you guys are gaming history's greatest monster, and I hope you know that. <laughs> You're the monster now, dog. <laughs> um, it it also felt like one of the things I I couldn't help but compare it to Goat Simulator a lot uh, because I liked Goat Simulator, and every time while I was playing this, I was like, oh, I wish this was Goat Simulator two or something. But it felt like completely devoid of life. Um, like there were some NPCs around, but like they don't, you can't interact with them in any way. And if you walk up to them, they're always like assholes. They're just like, get away from me. So it's like, okay, glad glad you were included in the game. Way to way to make you feel wanted and loved and, and appreciated in that world. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't need to be wanted or loved or anything. I just, I just don't want to be yelled at by NPCs who don't offer me anything. Like, you can emotionally abuse me if you're going to give me a, a reward at the end of the day. That's fine. That's how most relationships work. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that exact segment. That exact <laughs> statement. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's all the, uh, the quick hits I have for the game. Do you have any more questions? No, I think that kind of covers it. it. It unfortunately confirms what I suspected about the game, which is a bit disappointing. I was hoping that you were going to say that it was actually like a fun goat simulator-esque game. Oh, fuck. I, that's what I wanted, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I wanted to play Goat Simulator in that moment, and this game was close enough where I could justify starting up a whole new game and learning... You know, you, sometimes you don't want to learn anything when you play games. Like you just want to get into it. Oh, I get that. I relax. understand that entirely. Yeah. So and so, I was like, "This is this is it, man. There's going to be three buttons, four buttons. I'm going to be good to go." But it ended up being just too frustrating to enjoy. No, that made me yeah. sad. <laughs> Shall we transition rapidly into Doom Eternal? Sure. I loved Doom 2016. I want to come in, and I, I feel uh, like I feel like I've everything I've done in the last fifteen episodes, I've had to preface <laughs> things so that people understand the context that I'm coming things at, so they're not jumping at me. <laughs> oh, you fucking scrub! Don't know how to play games. I uh, <laughs> nah, nah. people do say that to you. Yeah, they do. They, but, and I don't that was even before know them. the podcast. I, I'm just like at Shoprite, and I'm just going to buy something. Like, oh, you <laughs> fucking scrub! Get out of here! You don't even know how to bake bread. <laughs> fucking get good at baking bread. I'm trying to get good at baking. That's why I'm buying flour. Still let your mom talk to you like that? Jeez, I know. Just, I don't know. She keeps following me around grocery stores. Shit. <laughs> I like Doom 2016. I played it front to back it was a lot of fun i actually started a second playthrough i didn't finish it because who was the time but i yeah i played that and <laughs> and i had a really good time with that it was fun it was it was fast-paced it was challenging but in a, in a good way it was visceral i would have given that a solid a great game i've i got doom eternal like the day it came out because there was so much i think unlike doom 2016 where bethesda tried to hide it under the carpet and like no one can talk about this game before it comes out even though it was mm -hmm. perfectly fine they were like oh yeah we didn't need to do that because we were selling a perfectly com competent game that wasn't broken to shit so like just to, and so this, I one of few these days yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so I bought Doom Eternal the day it came out I've been playing it since then I got the requisite number of hours in there fill it in with whatever you think it's appropriate it's like a B. It's a B. It's a B game. It's a it's a B game. It's like a, a B, maybe, maybe like 85, 86. Um, and that disappointed me because I heard a lot of people saying like, oh, it's just Doom 2016, but more and better. Did you play the new Doom before I keep going? Have you played uh, it? I have not. I've okay. played 80% of the original. Okay. So I, I have a good context for what you'll be talking about. Perfect. Um, it is Doom 2016, but with more. And they've added a lot of good things. Doom, for those of you who have just been born, is a first-person shooter in a long line of first-person shooters that are all about shooting demons. Usually in space, sometimes in hell, sometimes on Earth. Um, sometimes on Mars. You are the Doom Slayer. You live to kill demons. The demons don't like being killed. 
this is where the conflict arises. <laughs> you shoot them with guns. Universal truths. <laughs> yeah, this is just this is just the way that the world has been, as it was, as it always shall be. <laughs> you go through in Doom 2016, you were in space, you were in Mars, you were on Earth, you killed demons, you went in hell, you killed more demons. This, same deal. Um, there was a lot of good and a lot, a lot of interesting gameplay in Doom 2016 with the way that you got health and ammo was by doing these kind of quick takedown moves on staggered enemies. So it created this kind of flow yeah. of battle where you were attacking guys and attacking these larger, um, you know, mancubus, cacodemon style large enemies and then also trying to stagger the smaller enemies so you could get your health and get your ammo back. And you had that kind of flow, and it had a, it meant that you were constantly moving, and it was a really interesting way to to update early to mid '90s frantic FPS action. Yeah, in a way that felt good. Doom 2016 just builds on that. Or, I'm sorry, not Doom. 2016, Doom Eternal builds on that. You still have the staggering people and punching them to get your health, but you can also use your chainsaw which recharges you know, its fuel over time to take down guys using a chainsaw attack and get your ammo back that way. And if you want to get armor, you can set guys on fire and they'll slowly shed armor while they're on fire. Hmm. And you have a bunch of different... You can shoot a grenade and that recharges at a certain rate. And you also have this thing called the blood punch that you can use to blood punch people, which recharges at a different... Like, there's a lot. Whoa. The glory so you have, kills. Like, cooldowns and stuff. Yes, these all have cooldowns and things, and you're constantly moving around, and it's a way. It's to off balance, which some people complained about that very early on in the game. You have very little ammo, and so you constantly have to be switching between punching people and blood punching people and glory killing them and chainsawing them and freezing them and setting them on fire to replenish your health and your ammo, and then do a little bit of shooting, then get back into this kind of dance of refilling meters. Hmm. And if, for me personally, I think it lost a bit of the the feel. It started to feel more like a um, a spectacle action game, like a Devil May Cry kind of game, than it did an FPS. Yeah. Of like, okay, I need to do. Th- all right, there's that guy over there. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough chainsaw to take him out this way, but I can do this, and then I'll freeze him, and then I'll... Well, he's frozen, I'll go over here, and I'll kill these two guys, and then I'll go back over here, I'll set him on fire, he'll start shedding armor, which means I can do this, I can kill him, get more plasma. Jeez. Like, it, there's so much to think about and pay attention to. Yeah, and that's, that's crazy. Like, because Doom, I could say without a shadow of a doubt, like Doom 2016, you, I could jump back into that game without any problem right now. Yeah. That, this game... I, I don't think I could say the same if I were to, you know, just jump in without any tutorial. I'd probably be completely fucked. Oh, and, and there's a lot of upgrades. There's a lot, and granted, you understand them because they 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 introduce them slowly. They almost take like a rock star approach of the first sure. two hours is just blah blah blah. Oh, hey, and now we're introducing armor upgrades, and then play for a little while, play for a little while. Now we're introducing mods, and now those mods can be mm. upgraded, and now you get these sh- crystals, and the crystals can be upgraded, and then you can get these sentinel batteries, and you bring those back to your base, and they do this, and it's just like every time one of those things pops up, like okay, I but I just want to shoot things, like I just. Yeah. I want to get back into the, the thing, and I want to get back into the shooting and the punching, and just keep fighting guys. 
Because when I think back to Doom 2016, I think of the really well-designed levels that were full of guys, and then sometimes you get caught in those arena-type areas of, here's a large Mm -hmm. room that there's no reason for it to be laid out this way other than for it to be a fighting arena, and you're going to fight guys in it for a while, and then a door will open and you can keep moving on through the level. Almost like, uh, you know, going back to, like, uh, serious Sam-type gameplay. Yeah. You know, which is great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but this is just, there's there's so much going on, and I question, find it overwhelming, and obviously it's because I'm a scrub, and because I'm shit at games, <laughs> and because this is baby's first game, and I'm playing on one of those Hot Wheels computers. Yeah, well, your mom did tell me. So. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. That's that's just my life. You, you used the word base earlier, and when I hear base, usually I'm like, oh, cool, but in Doom... I, I'd be super disappointed if there was, like, a central hub you had to report back to. Is that the case? Yeah. I don't know why the hell they did it. Like, like, he, like Doom Slayer's not somebody that goes and, like, lays in a cot and, like, unwinds. No, you, you, like, you've you got a room, and you go there, and you can see all where all your collectibles are on the wall. Got and a room? You get a bookcase with books on it, and all the books are funny, and they're references to games and things like that, and you've got... You know, wall with your cool electric guitars on there, and there's a little practice arena you can go fight people in, and there's you get these batteries, and you pick them to different spots, and every two batteries you get, you can open a door, and there's another unlock or armor skin you can get in there, and it, it's it's awful. It, going back to that home Jeez. base is just stupid and awful. I don't know why yeah. they added it. It breaks That's the so flow funny. of the game. Every time I'm in that base, I'm just waiting to leave because it's not. This isn't a game where I'm looking for fun things to explore and cool. Like, just I want to get back into. I want right. to explore the levels that are full of things to shoot. Well, so that's I'm bummed. That it's... that was disappointing. Like it just in in literally every other game. Like that's a good thing. But Doom is like the one exception. Like it, it again. You can't break the flow. Like the whole game is flow. Yeah, and, and that's what made it special. And the previous game didn't need to explain how you got from one place to another. Oh, and you just entered a portal to hell, and now you're in hell. And then yeah. when you left the portal to hell, you were in a different part of where you started. So yeah. that that's how you got there. Oh, okay. That's that's fine, because it's Doom. This game has a lot of cutscenes, and you can skip them. What did you just say? I know. But again, this game, this game has a lot of... Who made this? This game has a lot of cutscenes, and a lot of... Stu- a lot of moments of people explaining things. Oh, now the demon priest and oh, his thing and the doom slayers come. It- I just want to shoot <sighs> demons. Please let me. Ju- and, and you can skip them. None of them are mandatory. It takes two seconds to skip, but it just again breaks the flow. Reminds you that like, hey, you're playing a game with a story, and there's characters, and there's character development, and there's a plot. And it- yeah. it's such a contrast to how the first. Uh, Doom 2016 started with the Doom Slayer punching a screen to stop exposition from happening. <laughs> like, that was such a great, here's what this game is going to be about. Who the fuck cares about exposition? You want to go shoot things. And now this game is constantly, yeah. better go back to your base. Walk that back. <laughs> go check this thing back and get, 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 your, get your different armors, get your different armor layout, get your old classic Doom, Doom skin and Go go down to the lab and pick up that weapon that you got stored there because you got enough things to put in there to open up the weapon crate. Ugh. They learned a lot of bad lessons from the first one, apparently. They did. There's also a lot more platforming puzzles 
No, don't say that. What is this game? You're describing to me. It's I'm mad. There's it's still mostly shooting, but they've gotten really into these walls that you latch onto and then climb up and then jump off of is a thing that shows up a lot in this game. And uh, I, I'm only I'm only going I'm only gonna gripe about one UI UX thing for this. Because it's just they, they did a great job. <laughs> but you have these walls that you jump and latch onto and you climb up and down them and then you turn and you jump off and you use it to traverse vertically. And like Nathan Drake? Or? Like Nathan Drake, yes. Oh, no. And so, cool. and they're very clearly, because it's a special kind of wall that ha- that has, like, little ledges and pockmarks. Oh. You go, and you climb up it, and then you jump off. It's, you know, it's very Tomb Raider reboot. Yeah. It's that type of wall. And that's fine, I guess. Whatever. There's, there's so many games, again, where that's fine. But why I would not want to see that in a Doom game. Nope. No, you wouldn't, because it's not what you do in Doom, and it's not what you're looking for when you buy this game. Oh. You have a you have a, a dash ability. You know you can midair dash, and if you midair dash into one of these walls, you just latch onto it automatically, because that's what you'd want to do. But if you just jump at it, you have to press E to latch on. And I I've played through the game, and I think I'm very close to the end, and I've not hit a single instance where I would approach one of those walls and not want to latch onto it. So I don't know why it's a button press to do so. Only if you're not dashing. Which, like, 80% of the time in the game, you have to do a dash to get to it. Yeah. So it's that 20% where you don't have to do the dash, and you've forgotten because it's been an hour and a half since you had to press anything. And you get the, oh, oh, I die. Oh, great. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, that reminds me, actually, of Jedi Fallen Order real quick, except in that game it's forgivable because it's a fucking platforming game. <laughs> but, yeah, you'd do the same thing. You'd, like, run and jump at one of the climbable ledges, but you'd have to, you know, hit a button to latch onto it, which I, I thought was annoying. But, again, they're just trying to immerse you more into the platforming because mm-hmm. it's 50% a platforming game. In Doom, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, it is. And it's just frustrating when you're when you've already done like the triple jump to get to the bar that you swing on, so you can start another jump loop to do that, and then you hit the thing in midair that allows you to dash two more times, so you can get to this area. And you hit that move again of like, what am I playing right now? Because this doesn't feel like Doom anymore. This feels like some <laughs> other game that's invading Doom. It's a dome external. Yeah, and. Then you hit the, the the arena sections, and they're great. You run around, you kill stuff, you get overwhelmed by waiting for all of these different things to recharge and balancing them, but that's fine because that's the challenge of the game. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm whinging about it a lot because, you know, that's just how I be. Uh, <laughs> but I've put in 24 hours into it. It's a very enjoyable game. It's a very good game. What What does it improve upon from the original Doom? Like, what do you think is better about it? Oh, oh! Deafening silence. Yeah. So, I was gonna say I think the soundtrack's better, but then I realized I'm only saying that because I've heard that the soundtrack is better. Because as I've told you, I turn music off in most games. Hmm. So <laughs> what I heard yeah. of the soundtrack was pretty good, but I don't care. So, but I've heard that <laughs> I've heard that it's better. Um, it, it's 
it, it feels bigger. It, you know, so there there are more open environments like where you're seeing large areas, and so you kind of get these bigger battles and over larger spaces, which is cool. Uh, I don't know if that was just a design mm-hmm. decision with the 2016, or if that was a, a limitation of what they were working on. Um, some of the stuff they added for weapons and, and weaponry can be kind of cool and, and can lead to some interesting play styles, but I, I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily an improvement. It's just different. Still good. Okay. Just different. Um, I Honestly, I they haven't, in my opinion. Huh. It is all of the things that it's doing well are, in my mind, doing it as well as Doom 2016 did. And all the places okay. where it falters are places where it differed from Doom 2016. Yeah, while well, completely losing the spirit of Doom along the way. And I know that I'm in the minority because it is a you know, very well-regarded game. It has great reviews. It did very well on on initial release and sales. I think its its Steam rating is overwhelmingly positive. It's got you know mm. nines and tens across the board from IGN, yeah. from Game Informer. Like I think that that does speak to like what the core game is, um, but that doesn't mean it's not disappointing. Hmm. Like they made such a solid, like the the not original, goddamn it, twenty sixteen Doom is near perfect. Like, yeah, it is just, it's just an incredible experience. So of course, like it's it's easy to step back. Like you you see ways that you think you can improve, but you know <laughs> you go about it the wrong way. Like a central hub exposition. Like I don't need to be told the Doom Slayer is cool. I'm literally killing thousands of demons. And that's something that I think they did a really good job with with the character of the Doomslayer in 2016 was he's just a really cool guy and you can tell that from his actions, from the little ways that he interacts with things. Yeah. That you get a feeling of personality. And this, they, like, I think they saw that people liked that, those, that slight cute moment when you'd find a collectible Doom guy in Doom 2016 and he'd kind of give it that little squeeze like he was delighted yeah. by it. And they kind of leaned into that a bit too much for my, like, it was just a cute little thing that happened. I didn't think that that needed to be a big (laughs) defining characteristic of him. Yeah. But now his room has electric guitars on the wall and it's got his wall of collectible toys. It's the Doom Slayer is very twee now. (laughs) God. So... The, the grappling hook thing, I think, was one of the first mechanics that they had sort of shown off when mm-hmm. they announced the game. Um, everything after that sort of made me a little bit more leery of what they were adding to the game. Like, I wasn't that interested in all the melee weapons. Like, the sword seemed to be a big marketing thing. Um, but the grappling hook seemed like it could actually add a lot to the flow of combat. Did it? it, it there are moments where it, it ends up being really cool. Uh, it never takes yeah. away, uh, and it's never it never feels like it's a a forced thing. Uh, so, but there are moments of being able to grappling hook pull yourself to someone, and then do the glory kill on them, or grappling hook mm. onto something flying in the air to pull yourself out of a situation, is really neat. Okay. Uh, 
the one downside with it, which is kind of frustrating, is that it's not an offhand ability. To my knowledge, it is something that you have to have the super shotgun equipped to use. Oh. And it's the alt fire of the super shotgun. And you can't... Okay. It's a pain in the ass to pull out weapons if you don't have ammo for them. Right. Even though the grappling well, hook, that's, presumably, that's kind of is something that doesn't require ammunition. Yeah. It sounds smart, but then when you say it in that context, like, oh, I could easily not have ammo. Uh, Like, I can see why you would only want a shotgun to have a grappling hook, because that's literally just an arbitrary method of getting you in someone's face so you can shoot them in the face. Mm. But in the context of Doom, that's great. Awesome. But, yeah, if you want to be, you know, slingshotting around and grappling into someone's forehead uh, and you don't have ammo, that sounds like a super bummer. One of the other things that, that this game suffers from, and it's not unique to Doom, and I, and I can actually only think of one game that's ever properly solved this, is you've got weapons that share ammo pools. and mm, Heavy heavy ammo, light ammo, that sort of thing? Yeah, like plasma, shotgun rounds, yeah, machine right. gun rounds. Almost every weapon, every, every weapon pool is shared by at least two weapons. Mm. And you can have the regular shotgun and the super shotgun on you at the same time. And it's not, there's no way that I've found to configure things. So like, I'm going to go back a ways here to unreal tournament. Unreal tournament had an option in the options menu where you configured the hierarchy of all weapons in the game. So you could configure if I have the flat cannon, do not ever switch me to anything else. If I pick it up. Whereas if I have the minigun, only switch me to the flat cannon or the rocket launcher if I pick those up. But otherwise, leave me at the minigun. And when I run out of minigun ammo, go to the next thing down, which I've got configured to be the bio-rifle. And so that was fully configurable so that you would never be using... You'd, you'd never be... You'd never run out of, wet, of ammo with one gun and then switch to the inferior of the two weapons that share a weapon pool. And I, I've only ever played the, the Unreal tournament that had that ability that had that configuration of yeah that's smart yeah it made it made perfect sense especially in a multiplayer game like that where you want to make sure i've got the rocket launcher don't ever switch me off this when i'm in the middle of a game unless i unless i pick up a sniper rifle then you can switch me (laughs) yeah i don't want to have to diddle around with fucking micromanaging like weapon loadouts right and especially with a game that you know and doom is the same way um or I'm saying Doom is not this way, but like in a game like a, 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 a match-based multiplayer game where you're constantly picking up weapons for the first time. So mm. there is that question of, like, do you want to switch to this or not? Doom has the opposite problem where, because it has an artificially, you know, um, decreased ammo pool for an ammo count for everything, you're constantly running out of ammo. And with no way to configure what you go to next it's kind of a pain in the ass to like run out of plasma and oh wait I'm on the weak shotgun now okay wait alright um and on PC weapon wheels are garbage so it's you know okay hit five six what's the super is minigun is seven whereas if I could just configure that and say okay when I you know here's the hierarchy when I run out of plasma switch to the super shotgun then switch to the mini you know that order I found myself in a lot of battles just running away trying to switch to the weapon that I wanted to actually be using right now. Minor gripe, but it's just something that 
I thought about and remembered that only one game I've ever played solved this correctly. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we can always learn from our elders. Yeah. In, in this case, old-ass video games. Yeah, it's not like Epic's going to be making a new Unreal Tournament anytime soon, so. <laughs> what? What is what is happening? You know, I don't I don't want to. I know they announced a new Unreal game, but I don't I don't. Know. So that's that's my takes on, on uh, Doom Eternal. Solid B. It's a good game. A lot of fun. I I haven't beaten it yet. I'm very close. I'm gonna finish it out. Um, but it, you know, in two years' time, if I feel like playing Doom, I'm probably gonna install 2016 and play that again. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And finishing a Doom game won't really. I, Probably won't add to it, because it's never really been about boss fights all that much. No, I... Well, I hear there's annoying mini-bosses in this game. Are you talking about the, the Marauders? Is that... The guy that puts up, like, a shield or something? I've heard a lot of people griping about that. Uh, yeah, I heard about him. The, the Marauders is one that, that was memed to hell for a while as being extremely difficult. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's there's some irritating mini-bosses, and there's some, there's some difficult mini-boss and boss fights. But they're all within the realm of i'd say they were they're within the margins of error of fun of a doom game okay oh, well I, I, b b minus b plus still pretty good game yeah yeah it, it, it definitely was a lot of griping but it's also in the context of playing a near perfect game and having to compare it to that exactly and if this had been if this had been what doom 2016 was like if they had released this it's only with that context that i i can see the the steps down for me yeah yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Shall we rank these bad boys? Yeah. Let's. I'm. I'm gonna put Doom as. I'm gonna put Doom as my number two right now. Number two, between Murder by Numbers and Elderborn. Yes, sir. I'm also gonna put. Totally reliable delivery service is my number two, beating out Bleeding Edge somehow. <laughs> Poor Ninja Theory. I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I didn't like either of these games. How do I qualify w which one's better? And I remember liking Totally Unreliable... Reliable. <laughs> delivery service for, like, two or three moments. And in Bleeding Edge, I only remember one moment. So that's that's how I'm qualifying. <laughs> that's harsh. So, yeah. Well, make a better arena shooter. Slash melee game. It wasn't even a melee game. They're shooting. I don't know. I... Listen to episode 27 if you're curious about my full take on Bleeding Edge. <laughs> Still clearly not over that game. And if you do listen to episode 27 and have thoughts about Bleeding Edge, you know, catch us on Twitter at our Twitter handle. Uh, also check out our other handles and other social media networks. You know them. Uh, game Off Podcast. That's what it is. Game yeah. Off Podcast on Twitter. Check us out there. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can they find you at all the things? Nearby, lurking in the shadows, just around the corner, just around the river bend. I'm, I'll, I'm always be there. Solid talker on Twitter. Uh, the Babadook. The, uh, just like him, hanging out in your ceiling, <laughs> watching you sleep, playing Tetris. Uh, well, you got to keep busy. Yeah. How about you? Where, where, where are you at? Uh, Arcadia. A-R-K-E-Y-D-I-A. Untraditional spelling, but I'm a untraditional guy. God damn it, I fell into my own trap. <laughs> All right. Kill the episode, Andy. <laughs> Thanks for listening, sticking with us, watching, 
writing in all your comments and tweets and everything that keep us going. Thanks for all the support on Patreon. Thanks for going to our Ask FM. Uh, love all the likes and listens on Last FM. That's Ask been great. Um, Is that still up? Uh, thank you for signing our BraveNet uh, you know, guest book on our website and oh. and posting in our live journal. That's been really good. Um, and he's the oldest 15-year-old you'll ever meet. <laughs> I've got a lot of really choice quotes from you guys in my profile right now in my away message. So, you know, it's it's been great. It's been great <laughs> interfacing with all you guys out there. Just, uh, just sick ripping George Bush. Yeah. <laughs> the first one, though. <laughs> God. Uh, catch us next time on Game Off Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.